Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Houston Exercise Science, a podcast where we talk about everything that has to do with fitness as long as it is scientifically backed. So today we're going to be talking about uh, a few things that have to do with physiology, more of that, because last episode we talked about nutrition and how that contributes to energy. And I want to kind of expand on that today because uh, there's just so much more to talk about. So last episode, we talked about the fat carb threshold, where there's a certain point where intensity is so high that your body will convert to carbs as the main energy source uh, for your body. And uh, for more information, just go listen to the last episode, and uh, you'll understand what uh, that threshold is even more. Now, today we're going to be talking about lactic acid, and the reason why I picked that today is because that is a pretty big thing that you probably hear about in fitness all the time, and so I would like to uh, talk about what that even is and how it works and everything like that. Um, But uh, as always, thank you for listening, and let's get into it. So... Lactic acid. So lactic acid is commonly thought to be the reason why you uh, your muscles are sore. If you heard of this, um, you may know what I'm talking about. But if not, what people think is that the reason why you're you're experiencing pain in your muscles and because of soreness is because lactic acid is in your muscles and they have crystallized. Uh, into a solid thing and that crystal those crystals are rubbing up against your muscles and that's what's causing the soreness that idea came into into the fitness world back in the 20th century a scientist who i forgot his name i'll probably remember it tonight when i'm about to go to sleep (laughs) but uh a scientist in the 20th century took frogs and what he did was he took these frogs and he ran an electrical current through them Uh, to induce a muscle contraction. And he did that over and over again to simulate, you know, uh, muscles contracting because they need to move or something. And what he found was lactic acid started to build up in their muscles. And then over time, after he was done shocking them, they, uh, the, the lactic acid started to crystallize in their muscles. And he concluded that the reason why we feel soreness is because of that same reason. Now, that has been proven to be untrue, and there's a few reasons why. One, we're not frogs, we're mammals. Uh, so our physiology is a little bit different. Two, um, he had these frogs kind of cut open, and so their muscles were open to the elements. Ours are not. Uh, so the the temperature cannot get that cold to crystallize lactic acid. And... Um, And so that was disproven in the 21st century. So what we now know what causes soreness is because you tear muscle fibers within your muscle. Now, these muscle fibers are very small, almost microscopic. And um, you tear them because the muscle was not ready for the kind of exercise you were doing. So you become sore. And just think of it this way. Muscle fibers is classified as a connective tissue, so you pretty much tore a little bit of connective tissue um, 
when you're exercising. So that sounds like it'll hurt and it does. And that's why it hurts. And so when you're sore, that's what you've done and your muscles will, your body will, will repair your muscles and they'll grow back stronger and uh, bigger so that they can, uh, they can handle the exercise that you were doing and it's going to adapt. So lactic acid has nothing to do with muscle soreness. However, it's still a big factor in fitness. And so now let's go back and talk about lactic acid. So lactic acid is, um, it's something that is created as a byproduct of an energy pathway. So we're going to have to go into that first before we can even talk about lactic acid and its role in exercise. So there are two different energy pathways that your body takes to create energy. Um, the first one is aerobic, aerobic exercise and anaerobic, um, I would not exercise and aerobic, uh, energy pathway and anaerobic energy pathway. So let's talk about those because that's going to be important for understanding lactic acid. So what aerobic means is with oxygen and anaerobic means without oxygen. The first thing that people tell me when I tell them that this would, that's what those things mean is, well, I am breathing while I'm exercising. How can exercise ever be without oxygen? And the answer is it has nothing to do with you breathing. It has everything to do with the fact that your body is either using oxygen in its pathway to create energy or it's not. So anaerobic the anaerobic energy pathway is going to be important when we are talking about lactic acid. So anaerobic means, like I said, without oxygen. And how does that work? Well, what happens is, and the cause of why oxygen is not in the equation is because your lungs are not able to give uh, or to put enough oxygen into your blood to keep up with the intensity of the exercise. So it has to go uh, through the, the steps without oxygen. And so there are some advantages to not using oxygen, which is it's quicker to create energy because oxygen, uh, adds a few steps, quite a few steps in the whole pathway to create energy. And taking that out of the equation means you're skipping a lot of steps. So you get to create more energy quick and your body is going to choose this pathway, especially when you're lifting, because when you're lifting, um, you don't have a lot of time to create a lot of energy, right? So your body's like, well, we're going to have to not use oxygen because we only have a few seconds uh, in order to give them, give this person the amount of energy that they want. So lifting or sprinting, anything that's super high intensity, but short duration Anaerobic exercises is what that would be classified as. And so when you hear anaerobic exercises, that's what people are talking about. Lifting or sprinting, uh, one rep maxing, powerlifting, um, that is anaerobic. It'll last 20 to 45 seconds, maybe a minute. And um, that's typically the range um, at which anaerobic 
glyco glycolysis is going to happen. Glycolysis meaning like the generation um, or the breaking down of uh, glucose. So um, let's go back to anaerobic, um, the anaero anaerobic metabolism. So like I said, you're not using oxygen because you don't have enough time to uh, to have that as an equation. So because oxygen is no longer being used, there is a byproduct. That byproduct is lactic acid. The reason why that is formed is because a lot of chemistry. The, the chemical equations that you look at, you'll see that lactic acid is the byproduct because oxygen is not taking care of the, uh, the equation, so there's some sort of remainder at the end. <clears throat> so lactic acid starts to build up, right? So here we are talking about lactic acid finally. <laughs> and what happens is lactic acid will start to accumulate in the body. And it's a byproduct of anaerobic uh, metabolism, like I said. And what happens is the lactic acid will be transported away from the muscles and into the liver. And the liver will then convert this lactic acid into glucose. And then the glucose will be transported back to the muscle where it will go through anaerobic metabolism, where lactic acid will build up, where it will be transported back to the liver. And you have what's called the Cori cycle. C-O-R-I, Cori cycle. That's the cycle of which lactic acid is taken to the liver, converted to glucose, used, lactic acid is built up, back to the liver, and on and on we go. Now, lactic acid will start to build up in the muscle, and it'll build up to a point where more of it is being produced, this byproduct is being produced, and it, more of it is being produced faster than it is taken away and converted. And so you'll have lactic, lactic acid build up. Now, what happens is you'll have what's called lactate, lactate threshold, or anaerobic threshold is another word for it, another term. And what that is, is the point at which the amount of lactic acid in your muscles, in your bloodstream, is going to jump. And you're going to go from pretty steady levels to a, starting to build it up. That's called a lactate threshold. And actually, exercise physiologists can test that at a sports medicine clinic or hospital uh, for Olympic athletes or whoever can really afford it, actually. Um, it's a pretty invasive test, actually. They'll have you run or uh, go on the bicycle, and they'll make it harder and harder and harder. Um, and they'll have to measure your blood at each step, so they have to prick your fingers every uh, few minutes that they increase the intensity and they have to measure um, how much lactic acid is in your your blood until it gets to a certain point where it jumps and then they know where your threshold is and uh, that test is done like I said by exercise physiologists now what's even the point of testing that so going back to lactic acid what happens is as it builds up in your muscles, it's going to, well, first of all, 
before I continue, what's going to happen is you're going to feel the burn, that muscle burn. When you feel the burn, it means that lactic acid, the acid, is creating that sensation. So now you know when you're feeling the burn, when you're lifting and you're bench pressing, you feel that burn um, in, your, in your pecs and your shoulders and your tries. You know that you're fatiguing because lactic acid is starting to build up. And the reason why you know it's building up is because that burn. And so lactic acid causes fatigue. The reason for that is because the acidity in your muscles is increasing. And what that really does, it goes down to chemistry again, is that it inhibits your um, muscles' ability to contract because the acidity is stopping the whole entire chemical equation from happening. And because of that, your muscles cannot actually contract anymore. You're starting to fatigue. You can't actually do that one last rep. Um, you can't go all the way up in that squat. You know, you're stuck and you need a spotter. Um, and that's because lactic acid has built up in your muscles and that there is getting to a point where there's such a high level that it is inhibiting or preventing your muscles from contracting um, because of its acidic content. So lactic acid is not the reason for soreness, but the reason for fatigue. And the Cori cycle is trying to get rid of the lactic acid buildup and convert it to glucose and deliver it back. But there's a point where there's just so much buildup that your, your body cannot take care of it and it can't uh, do anything about it. So it's, it's a pretty interesting thing. Um, and so before I'm done, I feel like that was quick. <laughs> um, I think I'll get into aerobic, uh, metabolism, which is with oxygen. Now, the byproduct of aerobic metabolism is pyruvate. The pyruvate, it has kind of, uh, its own cycle, not the Cori cycle, right? So aerobic exercise has to do with anything that's low intensity but high duration, a long distance running, uh, long distance cycling, you know, all that sort of thing. And um, you're going to use aerobic metabolism. And what happens is there is a byproduct of aerobic uh, exercise, which is pyruvate. And pyruvate is going to, um, it, that is kind of a byproduct that's, it's, um, not lactic acid. Right. And so pyruvate, what happens is, is once that is given off as a byproduct, it needs to be converted back to, to energy somehow. So what we have is called the Krebs cycle. All right. So what happens is pyruvate, which is given off, will go into uh, your mitochondria. Everyone knows that one. It's an organelle in your cell that is the powerhouse of the cell. It's responsible for about 95% of energy production within the human cell. So here we are again talking about mitochondria yet again. I had to study that a few times through my college uh, experience, and I'm, I was sick of it at the end. But... Mitochondria will take this pyruvate and begin the citric acid cycle, the Krebs cycle, 
which pretty much converts pyruvate after a long period, after a lot of steps to energy. Actually, it creates one ATP in one full cycle of this citric acid cycle, Krebs cycle, um, situation. <laughs> and so here's some pretty interesting things. As you get more fit and improve your fitness, the size of your mitochondria and your cells gets bigger. So down to the cellular level, your body is changing as you get more fit and as you exercise. Your mitochondria within your cells are getting bigger. And what this allows you to do or your cells to do is to fit more of that pyruvate into the mitochondria because there's a physical capacity like a bucket and you're filling water up where the water is pyruvate and the bucket is your mitochondria. Well, if you have a bitter, bigger bucket, you can put more water. So that's the exact uh, comparison. Bigger mitochondria, a lot more pyruvate, which means a lot more energy can be created through the citric acid cycle. So what happens is just like lactic acid, pyruvate will start to build up where your mitochondria cannot hold anymore. You don't have a lot. It's not big enough yet. Um, and even if it is really big, you know, there's a limit. And so what happens is as pyruvate builds up, it converts to lactic acid. Once it's converted, it's taken from there because then you're switching from aerobic slowly to anaerobic because now the intensity is high, pyruvate is building up, and now it's got to switch to anaerobic metabolism and convert, and it'll, that pyruvate will convert to lactic acid, and it'll be thrown into the Cori cycle where it'll be converted to glycose, uh, glucose, sorry, <laughs> glycose, glucose, and um, it'll be used in the anaerobic metabolism. So you can see how it converts from aerobic you're going, you're going, you're going. Pyruvate is being used in the, the citric acid cycle to create energy. Then it's starting to build up and the intensity is starting to increase to a point where oxygen can no longer be a, uh, a contributor to the entire energy steps. So it has to convert to anaerobic metabolism where pyruvate is converted to lactic acid and then that entire pathway starts. So when you are long distance running and you first start, you're going to use aerobic for a while, uh, metabolism. Then as you, as though the, um, the amount of time increases and you're starting to fatigue, you're starting to get tired, your muscles are starting to burn. Well, by that point, you've already switched to anaerobic metabolism because the intensity is starting to get very high and um, you're going to be starting to use all of those steps for anaerobic um, metabolism. And so just like the fat carb threshold, this switch from aerobic to anaerobic, it's not like a light switch, right? Just like I mentioned in the last episode, they're not mutually exclusive. You don't just do one and never do the other. There is a mixture of both happening at the same time. But the one will take over more than the other eventually, right? And so that's the sort of thing that uh, 
that you're going to see within your body is that there's a lot of converting to different kind of energy sources, fat or carbs, and then different energy pathways. And the both are being used at the same time, but one is more dominant than the other. And your body is just constantly trying to find the best way to deliver all this energy to you at the best uh, rate, the, the amount of time, and the amount of energy it can give you. So it's a very smart thing that your body does um, that's super interesting. But anyways, that's going to be it for this episode. It was a little longer than the other ones, but I mean, this is some interesting stuff. And um, if you have any questions, let me know. I know I go through this stuff and I may accidentally skip some things or um, forget that um, that some people may not know uh, some of these this stuff that I'm saying. But... Anyways, that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and um, I will see you guys on the next one. Bye.